Good morning, Firewheel Bible Fellowship. How is everybody this morning? Hey, uh, my name's Kevin Davis, and I'm one of the uh, elders here at Firewheel Bible Fellowship. And we want to say to those of you who are online, or those of you who are, who are here with us this morning in person, we want you to know that you are loved. And so here at Firewheel Bible Fellowship, we're going to do what we do every Sunday here which is we're going to get ready and we're going to praise and worship the only true living God, and we're going to hear some sound biblical teaching from Pastor Chris. All right, so let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, we do worship you, Lord, because you are worthy. You are holy, Lord. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are worthy, Lord, of all praise, glory, and honor. We thank you, Lord that we're allowed to gather together here in person with our brothers and sisters in Christ and worship you. I pray that the music, that the service is pleasing to you and that your name would be glorified. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Say you Oh, I 
was finished was his cry now in heaven he's lifted high hallelujah what a savior becomes our glorious king all his ransom home to song we'll sing hallelujah what a savior hallelujah what a savior oh hallelujah praise to the one whose blood has pardoned me
His Son, not sparing, sent Him to die. I scarce can take it in that on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, He bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee, how great Thou art, how great You are. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee. How great you are, how great you are, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great you are, how great you are. When Christ shall come, with shouts of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart then i shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my god how great you are then sings my soul my savior god to me how great you are how great you are then sings my soul my savior god to me how great you are how great you are then sings my soul my savior god to me how great you are how great you are then sings my soul my savior god to me how great you are how great you are hey this next song that we're about to play um i think it it kind of gets played a lot but I, I just wanted to say, man, this is probably one of my favorite worship songs that's out right now. Um, it's Waymaker. And so the bridge of this song says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You know, in John 5, 17, Jesus says, my father is always working and so am I. Man, I know some of us are going through some things. I know some of us are suffering. Um, but this morning, as Brittany sings this song, man, I ask that we just sing. And we worship God as our creator this morning, right? Um, and we also worship him in the reality of the fact that he has us right where he wants us. Amen? Amen? And so he is working behind the scenes, man. And, and I know it's hard. I know times are hard, man, and I get it. Um, but this morning, as we worship, let's blow the roof off this place and let's let uh, downtown Rowlett hear us this morning. Okay? Let's, uh, let's, let's let everybody know that he is our way maker, okay? Good morning. <laughs> You are here, moving in heart. 
I worship you. I worship you. You are here working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Sing with us. You are here moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Sing it to him, y'all. You are remaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, healing every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You're turning lives around. You are here, turning lives around. I worship you. I worship. Keep singing, y'all. You are 
There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. 
Let us speak. 
to sing that bridge again. have a good day. Good morning, Firewheel. Friday nights in June, we are hosting movies on the lawn for our neighboring communities, and we could use your help. Donate popsicles or prizes for our superhero costume contests. Sign up to pop popcorn or simply show up ready to meet some new people and build community at 8 p.m. every Friday night in June. Firewheel Women, Join us for a new study Wednesday nights beginning June 2nd. Esther, The Hidden Hand of God. Books are available for $12 in the lobby or on Wednesday nights. For more information, contact women at firewheelfellowship.com. July 3rd, come have a blast with us from 2 to 6 p.m. as we celebrate with the community with a You Are Loved family event. There will be bounce houses, hot dogs, lawn games, live music, raffles, and even a dunk tank. And we could use your help. Sign up to volunteer or donate hot dogs, chips, or water. Let's make this a great event to show the community that they are loved. I got a feeling For I more information the dunk tank. on these or any other events going on around here, go online to firewheelfellowship.com events, or you can always check us out on social media. Well, good morning, Firewheel Bible Fellowship. Didn't realize my mic was hot, but I have a feeling I know who's in that dunk tank. At <laughs> the family fun event, you are love family fun event. That is the best message that any church can proclaim. You are love. I'd like to welcome Joshua Lewis. Joshua, where are you at? Josh, Josh, where are you at? Hey, Joshua Lewis, he's a youth pastor candidate, and uh, he was with our students today. 
summer. If you are watching at home, thank you for lending us your husband and watching those two beautiful babies of yours. Helena and Jonah, good morning. Uh, they are in North Carolina, and so Joshua flew in on Saturday, and uh, he flies out this afternoon. After we have a lunch that he's invited to, he doesn't realize he's the one that's, that's lunch. He's going to be cooked up, and we're going <laughs> to... Ask him all kinds of questions. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully he's smiling at the end of that. Um, so I, I shared this last week. Uh, I want to take a map real quick. Um, feel very, very strongly that our responsibility is reach, that we are to reach. We are to be a reaching church. Okay, we are to be a reaching church. We are to be a, a teaching church, an equipping church, an empowering church. But part of our ministry is to go, to reach. And so here is a map. You'll see the, the uh, firewheel uh, flower logo right up there. That's where we are located. And this is a map that takes from Castle over to Merritt Road, down to Hickox, over and around to Castle. There's 1,250 homes. This week, uh, they all received an address personalized uh, card in their mailbox that says, You are loved. And on the back side, it says, You are invited. And this is an invitation not to attend church on a Sunday morning. This is an opportunity for us to begin a relationship with our community. And so we're inviting our local community to Movies on the Lawn. And we are going to be showing the Avengers series uh, through the month of June, which I am super stoked about. And uh, that'll be out here. It'll be open air. We'll have a, a kind of like a drive-in kind of vibe. And so uh, if you want to be a part of that, we need servants, people who can set up tables and pop, pop popcorn, just like you heard uh, on the announcement video. But bring your friends. We have printed an extra 500 in invitations, and they are literally everywhere around the church. And so my challenge to you is take these cards and hand them out. If anything, whoever receives them receives a beautiful card that they can put up on their refrigerator to remind them that they are loved or to tack up at their office, at their cubicle, or wherever we move and breathe and have our being, maybe at the grocery store, uh, uh, a waitress or a waiter. You can give this, but please put a fat tip with it. If we're going to be inviting people to things and their waiters or waitresses, make sure there's a, a big fat 20 plus uh, dollars sitting there with it. Anyway, so grab these. Uh, these went out this week, which is really exciting. And so some of us live outside of that, that corridor, and uh, we're going to share you or love to every person we have opportunity. Well, in June, uh, we're going to be sending out our next mailer, but this is going to be to the broader uh, group of houses that are within this corridor. That'll be from Merrick, George Bush, 66, Backup Castle. That's 4,900 homes. And so average 3.3 people per household. We are letting roughly 16,000 people know that they are loved through the month of June. And that'll be inviting them to our, yeah. Yeah, we should be excited about that. Uh, we're a part of that. And we're inviting them to a big, giant party on July 3rd, a You Are Love family event, which is going to be wonderful. Who You know who is going to be in the dunk tank, which will be a lot of fun. Um, and then before that July 3rd event, can you bring that map back up? We are going to be going door to door to every single home within that phase one group of homes, 1,250, and we are going to hand deliver an invitation with a bag, hopefully some good candy in there. I'm not talking junk candy, no candy corn. I'm talking legit good candy. <laughs> 
No, no candy corn. They'll never come. Um, and then a, a wristband that says you were loved and an invitation to our July 3rd event. And this is how I'm kind of mapping it out in my brain. If we have 100 people, and I get it, it's way out of our comfort zone. That's why I'm mentioning it ahead of time so we can start to pray about it. But if we had 100 people, that means we only need to individually go to about 12 and a half homes and deliver a hand, uh, hand deliver an invitation. And that means 1,250 homes, roughly 4,000 people will be invited to an event where they will be told over and over that they are loved and there will be a special message for those who do come to that event. And so please get involved, get plugged in. There are a lot of wonderful things that are happening. Uh, and so I'm gonna ask you to please pray uh, for these outreach efforts, but I'm gonna also ask that you prayerfully give. Family, ministry does take resources. And each one of these mailers, for a smaller mailer, costs about $1,000. For a bigger mailer, it's gonna cost somewhere between two and three. It's worth it. And so last week, we made a commitment as a Carroll family that we support the, the local church and the work that we're doing with our regular tithes and offerings, but we have given a special offering of $1,000 of our own resources to, to essentially see our outreach effort. And so if you feel led by God to participate and to join in that above and beyond your giving, then please just earmark that to outreach, and that'll ensure that we have the resources to do it. Uh, one of the outreach opportunities that came about, this is totally by God, um, our cleaning company reached out to Barbara, Barbara Brown, our executive administrator, and asked, hey, do you have anybody on, uh, in the church that has a good story that we can share? She connected the company with Aaron Bender, who then got in contact with me. And this ad agency contacted me and was like, hey, we want to tell your story. I was like, delete, because I was like, this is for sure a, a pitch, some type of sales pitch. They emailed back again. They said, no, we've talked with Aaron. We've heard your story. We want to share it. We do these mini documentaries. And uh, I prayed, and, and I felt like this is what the Lord said. Just say yes. To take a posture of yes. And... Um, I got on the phone with this guy, Giorgio, great guy, and you all may have seen him last week. He and Erica, they had the big camera contraptions. They were following me around. It was very weird when somebody came up and went, your camera crew's here. Um, so they did a video. And I'm going to share with you this video. This is my story. It's not the most important story, but it was, it was again, when the Lord asked, we just say yes. And, and we share our story, and there's a reason why we do that. Paul the Apostle continually shared his story. And there's a reason why, because to share our story is to share his story. And so this is, this is a part of my story. And uh, if you can go ahead, Matt, and roll that. About 21 years ago, so that'd be when I was, yeah, about 19, I was in Tijuana, Mexico, and uh, I was done. I, I was ready to check out. Now, a year and a half later, I was down in that same community building houses for the homeless. Like something radically had taken place in my life. Hi, my name is Chris Carroll, and I'm the lead pastor of Firewall Bible Fellowship, and I am a least likely. But what does it look like for us to take the posture of a servant? In the kingdom of God, there's nothing greater than being a servant. When one of the most pivotal moments in my life was when I was about 16. My dad had become 
uh, so incredibly violent. It was a, a night where he, he pulled a nine millimeter. He had been beating my stepmom uh, pretty, pretty violently. I tried to intervene and, and get him off of her. And uh, he pulled out his gun and he cocked it and held it to my head and uh, told me he brought me into the world and was gonna take me out. And that was my concept of father. <laughs> I probably played this song a couple of thousand times. <laughs> I'm a broken traveler trying to find my way. I'm a broken traveler walking I was completely lost. I drank and smoked and took anything I could to escape, to medicate. I did that for about three years until I was ready to check out. I had some friends who invited me to a Bible study and uh, the pastor he was reading, his name was uh, Pastor Mark, great guy. And uh, he, he was reading out of Romans and he read Romans 8.32 and I didn't know anything about the Bible or Romans or whatever he was talking about. but. He read the verse that he who did not spare his own son, but freely gave him up for us all, how will he along with him not freely give us all things? And at that moment, it was like a bolt of lightning hit me. It was like the first time I had heard something that my soul had longed for. So I went home and I, I wrote that up on a piece of poster board, that verse. Um, it spoke of a father who gave, and I'd only known a father who took. Uh, I only knew a father who took joy and took life um, and took my childhood. And uh, then I'm hearing about a father who gave, who gives, and he gave his son. And he's not gonna withhold anything from me, that he's a giving father. And that set me looking for uh, information. I wanted to know. I wanted to know more. To you be the glory, our Father in heaven, through you, Jesus Christ, and in you, the Holy Spirit. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all, come on in. This is the name above every name. At this name, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that He is God. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the reason why we move and breathe and have our being on three. I mean, I, <laughs> I started going to the church. I mean, I, I was stoned when I walked in the building. But for some reason, what he shared broke through my high. Like I heard the voice of God, and he was calling me by name. And uh, that, was, that was the morning I gave my life to Jesus. That was 20 years ago. There is nothing greater than being a servant. If you'd come to me at 19 and you said, Chris, 21 years from now, uh, you're gonna be married to a wonderful woman. You're gonna have five sons, five amazing sons. You know, if you had told me all the way back in Tijuana that that was the life I was gonna live, I, I would have thought that you had the wrong guy. So I don't know what, what the future holds other than uh, my heart is to tell every man, woman, and child on earth, you are loved. Heaven's gonna come on down. Yes, you are love. Heaven's gonna come on down. Yeah. So, 
again, I share that not because my story is more important than any other story that just happens to be my story. Since that was shared four days ago, it has been seen over 18,000 times uh, via social media uh, and the connections and the, the people who are reaching out and the lives that are being impacted. Uh, I just want to encourage you, if you have any friends or people that you know, maybe they fall into the category of least likely. And uh, they're in a place where that story may resonate with them. Share it with them. Uh, it's an opportunity to share a story that people can connect with. And more importantly, they can connect with Jesus through that story. And I want to encourage you to share your story. It is the one thing that you have been given that every single person will listen to. As they get to know you, you share your story, and when you share your story, you're going to share his story. So take the posture of yes. Amen? Amen. And we're going to pray that God continues to reach people through the ministry of Firewall Bible Fellowship. Well, this morning, let's open our Bibles over say word. We are going to be in Hebrews uh, chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And we're going to be looking at verses 22 through 25. I need to say this right up front. We are in a world of competing voices. We live in a world of competing voices. And and what I mean by that is, is we hear competing voices of how we should live and what we should prioritize and what we should believe and how we should spend our time and how we should invest our life We are filled in a world with competing voices of how we're supposed to eat and how we're supposed to exercise and how we're supposed to look and view ourselves. We're bombarded. And in honestly, like honestly, even in our own minds, we're we're bombarded by competing voices that, that battle within us. I mean, that's my experience, you know. There's these times where I have these thoughts and these voices that are competing. I mean, yes, I'm making it sound like I've got a lot of voices in my head, and sometimes I do, a little crazy, but um, there's, there's got to be a primary voice. There has to be a primary voice. And in my life, there is a voice that rises above all others. And this primary voice has primary place in my heart that when this voice speaks, I listen. And when this voice speaks, I obey and I follow because I know that this primary voice leads to true life. And the voice that I'm speaking of is it's, it's the voice of God. That when God speaks in and through his scriptures, I listen. And, and what, I, what I think of when I look at the scriptures, it is the scriptural voice of God. That the voice of God through his scriptures is primary in my life, and it rises above all other voices. And this morning, we are going to hear the primary voice of God, and we're going to hear four very clear, key spiritual recommendations. And I use that word on purpose, because they're recommendations. This is a, a way that you can live your life, but this is a choice that only you can make. It is not a choice that somebody else can make for you. This has to be an inner decision to allow a voice to take primary place in your life above all of the other competing voices. And my argument this morning is let that primary voice be the voice of God in and through his scriptures. And so this morning, the four key points that I want you to walk out of here with, and and each one begins with let us. 
We're in the middle of the One Another series. We're talking about what does it mean for us to be the church. We are to love one another and we're to serve one another. Well, this morning we're going to leave with this. We need to encourage one another. And encourage one another is going to be encapsulated in four statements. Let us draw near to God. Let us cling to Jesus. Let us cheer one another on. And let us not stop meeting together. Family. And I use that word on purpose. We are a family. The Christian life is not something that we live in isolation or experience in isolation. The Christian life is a team sport. I quote here from a wonderful author by the name of Bill Hendricks. He writes this amazing book called The Person Called You. Like if, if you have ever like wondered like, what is my purpose and why am I here and why have I been made and how did God craft me unique? This is like an amazing resource. Uh, and in fact, there's, there's a time in the future, I'd like to take us through it as a church. Powerful stuff. But he writes this, uh, you need a team. You weren't made to do life on your own. God sometimes uses solitude, but he never uses isolation. And that is what has been so detrimental about this season. There was like a forced isolation. And, and it's not good for our soul. It's not good for our, our experience as Christians because the Christian life was always meant to be experienced in community. And when I'm lacking community, when I am not with other believers, some really negative things start occurring in my life. And it, it doesn't happen overnight, but it starts, it subtly starts to become more and more apart. Like a spiritual sickness, I become more self-absorbed, I become more demanding. My love for others begins to lessen. I become more frustrated and irritable. I, I, get, I get to this place where loving others is just really, really difficult and selfish. And what really starts to happen is I start to experience a fruitless Christian life. And then I don't know if you've ever been there where you just feel like your Christian life is very fruitless. And you're not experiencing what you read about. You're not experiencing a fullness of the Christian life. Like Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and life abundant. The flowing for us, from us should be rivers of living water and joy and life. And there's times where we look at that and we go, that must be theoretical. Because that's certainly not my experience. Well, this morning we, we need to reorient our minds to this reality that the, the Christian life is a team sport. We play together, we do this together, and when we're not together, it's almost like a, a baseball player without a team. You may have all the equipment, right? Like I've got my Bible, and I've got my pen, I've got my notebook. I stream my favorite Christian music. I've got my favorite streaming pastors and preachers. And, and I, I've got church. I do church on my own. And I want to stress that that's not church. That, that, that's, not the, that's not the body. What we've become are spectators. And the Christian life is not a spectator sport. We get in it. We're involved in it. It's a part of our life. And so what we're going to read this morning, it's like a clarion call. It's like, hey, come back to spiritual sanity. Let's do this together. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, starting in verse 22. Let us... Draw near to God is our first spiritual recommendation. I love this. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with full assurance that faith brings. That's what we did this morning. That's what we're doing. We're approaching God together. Like, we lose the wonder of it. 
You know, sometimes we walk in here and we're like, oh, another church service. Oh, a few more songs. But that's not what I heard this morning. How wonderful was the worship this morning? Wasn't that wonderful? Oh, how he loves us so. I mean, wow. Voices joining together. Some of us in a room like this time of weakness and some in times of spiritual strength, we're like locking arm, arm, and arm, and we're, we're approaching God together. And God is moving here in this, in our midst. He never stops. He never stops working. You know, that was the thing that blew my mind when I first came into the church. I was like, I was like, what? We're approaching God? I was like, that sounds kind of scary. Because what I knew, like we talked about a father, and what I knew a father was scary, but then I saw people like enjoy approaching God, and there was excitement and there was passion, and I was like, who is this God we're approaching? And what I learned is that through Jesus, we're approaching this amazing throne. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, we read this, let us, let us, let us. What does let us mean? Us, believers. Let us do this together. Let us then with confidence, uh, that, that word confidence, it means with assurance, draw near the throne of what? The throne of what? You notice it doesn't say the throne of judgment and wrath? Like, let us together approach the throne of grace through Jesus that we may receive something. There are spiritual gifts, there are spiritual uh, nutrients that we will not receive if we don't approach God together as a community. Because this doesn't say let me or let I. This says let us draw near the throne of grace. That's what we're doing this morning. We're drawing near the throne of grace, and what we find at the throne of grace is mercy and grace for our time and need. Need. Isn't that an apt description of our life? Aren't we in need? We are a needy people. I mean, just every, every single day we're reminded of that. I mean, I love the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. You go a few, you ever go a few extra hours without bread? What does your body start doing? You ever been in a quiet meeting and all of a sudden your stomach's like, all right, I'm taking over. People look over at you like, oh, it's not me, it's Larry. He's the one. He's got the noise. What is your body telling you? I need food. But you know what? Our, our souls do the same thing. Our souls groan. We're in need. Our souls are hungry. And we approach and we receive and our souls are satisfied. It's incredible the rich blessings that are ours when we approach God together. You know, my heart breaks when I think of the incredible needs and the pain and the sorrow and sadness that is expressed and experienced in our lives. I'm talking about the misery that we hide beneath the mascara. I'm talking about the, the trauma that is hidden behind the, the lifted trucks with the sport-tuned exhaust. You know, sometimes when I see somebody bullying other cars on the roadway and they're just, what I think is, wow, there, there's a child in there that, that was pushed around. 
And at some point in time in, that, in their life, that person decided, I'm not being pushed around anymore. Get out of my way. And what it is, it's like this inner traumatic experience. And I see beneath the jokes and maybe the whiskey shots, like a hungry soul for love and grace, beneath all of the relationships and relationships and relationships is a person that just desires to be loved. Beneath the manicured lawns and HGTV living rooms and infrared backyard grills is just this emptiness, this aching emptiness that maybe one more click on Amazon is going to fill. We see it. And our friends post as they pour out their hearts on social media. Sometimes we're like, why would someone post that on social media? Because they're hurting. And they're desperate for somebody to care. People are dying without love like we would die without air. They're gasping. <gasps> somebody. Somebody show me. We are weary and exhausted and heavy laden. That is why we hear this wonderful invitation, and no matter who we are, no matter how mature we are in the faith, or no matter how brand new we are in the faith, or maybe we're looking in on faith, this invitation, oh, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. This is, these are our, this is the church's verses. These are our verses. Like, if you were wondering, like, what is the, the rhythm? Where do, we, where do we draw our direction from? These two verses. I mean, these aren't the only ones or three verses, but this is, this is it, right? Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I, just this week, I had a person ask me, Chris, what advice would you give? Like, what advice would you give to a person who doesn't go to church, um, and you had the opportunity to share something with them. What advice would you give? And, and my first thought was, well, I, I would immediately share the, the love of God. I'd be like, you were loved. I'm going to start there. Like, I'm going to begin the conversation there. I'm not going to begin the conversation with, you're destined for hell. I don't know. Sounds a little odd, but I don't know how winsome that statement is. Because that's certainly not where Jesus began the conversation with the woman at the well. That's certainly not where Jesus began the invitation with his earliest disciples. He began with simple stuff like, follow me. Hey, you're thirsty. Hey, you're hungry. And so the, the, the person was like, okay, so after, what advice would you give? I, my advice is this, try everything else first. Go for it. Everything in this world that promises to satisfy, anything and everything, go for it. All in. Like, I'm going to find satisfaction in something. And when that fails, because it will, because I know that the only thing that will satisfy the soul is Jesus. So go for it. And when you're just run through and, and you're just hung up wet and you're exhausted and trashed out and you're weary, you're finally receptive. And then all of a sudden, you hear these words, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Isn't it strange? When we walk around and try to put burdens on people we can't even carry, 
That ain't Jesus. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let us approach together. Second principle, let us cling to Jesus. Second spiritual recommendation, let us cling to Jesus. Verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. We profess it, let's cling to it. For he who promised is faithful. I love the word unswervingly. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of driving. Ten and two, not distracted, looking straight ahead, not hitting the neighbor's trash cans. You know what I mean? If you don't know why people are laughing, last week's message. I've, I've started a brand new ministry. It's called Trash Can Evangelism. <laughs> Hit trash cans, share Jesus. Anyway, unswervingly, it means stay the course. That means we have an inner commitment. We are going to cling to Jesus, and I'm not going to do it by myself. We're going to do it together. We are going to cling to our confession like Jesus grabs a hold of us. I'm not just going to wander away when it gets difficult. I'm not going to keep wandering away and looking for something else. I am going to cling. I'm going to make the, the conscious decision to commit myself to go to church. We're going to cling to Jesus together. And even when things feel like they're never going to get better, we are going to believe and encourage each other in God's faithfulness. Because he who is promised is faithful. Third, we're going to cheer each other on. Let us do this. Wouldn't it be great if we walked in here every single week to church and we were like, great job, everybody. We made it another week. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? We came back. Great job. Wouldn't that be wonderful? If we just walked around and encouraged each other and cheered each other on, this world is a discouraging place, isn't it? We got criticism everywhere. We get it everywhere. And, and, and we get it in ourselves. It's amazing how critical our self-talk can be. I'm never going to measure up. Just a failure. Blowing it. Oh, man. I, part of my, uh, my favorite ministry is being able to tell people that God does not see you the way you see you. We're not as important as we think we are. <laughs> We're not as, as unimportant as we think we are, or as bad, or as wrong, or as uh, unloved. I, there's all kinds of stuff that goes on in our minds, and, and it's just not how God sees us. He's our daddy in heaven, our Abba. And Jesus is our Savior. Through the Holy Spirit, we are redeemed. We are holy and cleansed. And in that, we should find plenty to cheer each other on about and encourage one another. Celebrate each other's wins. I heard Josh this morning share with the youth group that when people are celebrating, bring cake. When people are in sorrow, bring, bring Kleenex. I love that. Cheer each other on. I love this verse 24. Let us consider, let us think about how we may spur one another on towards love and good, good deeds. That word spur, it means to instigate. It means to provoke. It means to encourage. Something good in each other. Uh, just this week at the gym, I met uh, a friend, brand new friend. His name's Lance. 
And I'm like, what's up, Lance? He's like, what's up, Chris? And uh, we started working out together. And he's like my doppelganger, so he's really good looking. Anyway. Uh, just cool, man. I love making relationships like that, just building natural. Anyway, so he was doing a lift, and I saw him, and he was kind of struggling. And I got down there, I was like, you could do it, Lance. You could, yeah, I'm that guy. You can do it. And he's just like, Ugh. And he gets done, and he's like, man, I wouldn't have been able to do that had you not been there to encourage me, you know? And I'm like, that's what we do with one another. We encourage each other with another love rep, another good work rep. We're like, yeah, you can do it. We come alongside of people. And I know sometimes those people are annoying, right? Like those people are always happy, like all Jesus and stoked out. And you're like, you know what? Go shine your sunshine somewhere else. I just want to be Eeyore right now. Don't you see the storm cloud above my head? But we need people. Did you know that other Christians in your life are mission critical to your purpose? And you are mission critical for other Christians' lives. There is love and good works that will not come about if you're not in that person's life. And there are love and good works that are for you that are not possible without those people in your life. We are mission critical to one another. Let us cheer one another on. And then fourth and finally, let us not stop meeting together. Because here's the deal. If we're going to love one another, we're going to serve one another, we're going to cheer each other on, if we're going to approach God together, if we're going to cling to Jesus together, we have to be what? Together. I love verse 25. Not giving up meeting together. In other versions it says, do not forsake the gathering as some are in the habit of doing. By the way, not a new occurrence. Like first century, people struggled to go to church and be with other believers. And some got in the habit of not being around other believers. And it wasn't for their good spiritually, and it wasn't for the church's good spiritually. And so the writer says this, but all the more encouraging one another as you see the day approaching. That's like one of the purposes of us coming together is to encourage one another every single week to fan the fire of faith in each other. It's so easy to skip church. I mean, I think, I, I don't know, I didn't grow up in the church, but I guess years ago it was more like culturally normal for people to go to church, right? Like they didn't, there weren't events planned on Sundays. Like, Sundays were kind of set apart, and so were Wednesday nights. But nothing's sacred, okay? So nothing—that's all out the window. We, we can't allow culture to dictate what's sacred to us. We have to decide what is sacred and set apart. And for us, as a family, one thing that is sacred and set apart is the church. Like, there are other things that are important, but there's nothing more important than us gathering together as a church, believers, every single week. And we get to this place where we think, ah, you know, I, I, I can skip this week. I don't really need it this week. And, and I just want to say, it's not all about you. It's not all about me. It's about us. And when we come together, this is where we draw near and we hold firm and we cling and we spur one another on and we encourage one another. This, family, this is the most important thing we do spiritually all week. This. Remember when I first came into the church, everything was fresh and new. Some of y'all, y'all remember that when it was fresh? 
like singing Jesus songs, I remember this, I remember sitting there thinking, like, God's cool if we sing to him? Like, this is cool. Okay, yeah. Like, opening the Bible and hearing verses, like, I was excited. I was like, what are we studying today? A Bible study? I'm there. Like, Bible, pen, notepad. Like, teach me. I'm hungry. I remember, like, every time the pastor was like, hey, we need some help with this, I was like, what? I get to be involved in this? I want to serve. Like, I was excited, excited to serve and excited to give. Like, the idea that I could give resources and be a part of this. I made nothing, but I gave something. Because I wanted to be involved. It was awesome. And I want to stress, it still is. The church is still awesome. What we do and how we are and gathering together, it's still awesome. We can leave here and be like, that was awesome. We get to be a part of this. The best thing in my life, outside of just a raw relationship with Jesus Christ, has been the church. It is in the church that I met my wife. It is in the church where we like started raising our kids and we were called into ministry. Well, it was called into ministry, then kids, then a lot of kids. And, and we're still... Y'all, you saw the video. My trajectory was not pastoral ministry. It was prisoner death. Some of you are sitting here and you're like, I mean, there's no way I can be used. Okay. God can literally use anyone. Literally. And we all have these purposes. And we come into the church and we grow together. And what happens is so often is that people forget how important that they are and how important we are, and we, we just kind of drift away. And when we do that, there is a hole that is left that only you can fill. There are gifts that are absent from the church because we're not using them. There is service here. There is life here. When we decide to not go to church, the church hurts. There's something missing. And it's us. It's you. It would be like waking up tomorrow, and part of your body was just like, hey, bro, I'm taking the day off. And some of you, some of our older saints are like, that happens to me all the time. <laughs> Everyday occurrence. I didn't just imagine you woke up tomorrow, your neck's like, hey, I'm taking the day off. You, good luck holding your head up. What's wrong with you? Oh, my neck took the day off. Well, that's why in the church we're called the body. We make up the body of Christ. And when a part of that body ain't here, the body ain't complete. The body, when it's complete, is supposed to build itself up in love, Ephesians 4. We are mission critical to one another. And so as we, as we put all of this together... I, I want to I stress that not only do we all have a part to play, when you find your church home, stay there. Don't hop churches. Church shopping is bad for our soul. And it's unhealthy for the church. Especially when you're looking at a smaller community church like Firewheel. When you look around, when somebody doesn't show up, it leaves a hole. It just does. 
And churches like Firewheel and other local community churches, we are important for this community's soul. There is an expression of the gospel that comes out of Firewheel that is essential for the soul of this community. As is this expression of Freedom Place Church and First Baptist Church and other local churches around the community, we are mission critical to this community. And so when you find your church home, make it home. Don't shop around. Plug in. Own it. And you know what's going to happen? Over time, you're going to grow. Your family's going to grow. And you get to be a part of something. And you get to watch as other people's lives are impacted because of you. It's powerful stuff. And so this morning, kind of want to bring this full circle. Just want to reorient our minds to these four spiritual recommendations. First, let us draw near to God. That is what we do together. We are weary. We exhausted. Arm in arm, we link and we approach God together. We cling to Jesus as if he is our very life because Jesus is our very life. And we do it together. We cheer each other on. We celebrate one another. We encourage one another. We sit with each other when we're in sorrow and we celebrate when we're in seasons of great joy. And we don't stop meeting together. And I, and I want to say, I want to have a, just a special moment for you who are at home. I know that some of us are, are still at home, and to you, I want to say I love you, and we love you, and you are a part of this church. You may not feel like it right now, and, and I know some of us, some of you are waiting for a certain point when you get your, your vaccinations and all that's clear and all of that, and you feel more comfortable. It's a scary thought to be around a crowd. I get that, and we get that, and I want you to know that you are a part of this church. And family, can we tell everybody who is at home that you were loved? Can we do that together? Okay, we're going to do it on three. One, two, three. You are loved. And when you're ready, come home. And you have nothing to be ashamed about, by the way. Some of us feel like it's been so long, we got to kind of hang our head when we walk through the door. You're going to be loved the second you walk through the door. Welcome home. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, King Jesus, Master Jesus, Savior Jesus, and gratitude as your people set apart for your purposes, we approach in joy and peace in your presence. If you have not invited Jesus into your heart, please know that you were loved by God so much so he sent his son to die on the cross for your sins. He was buried and Jesus is risen and he lives. The Bible declares that all who believe in him, who trust in him, will be forgiven and receive eternal life be welcomed into the family, be a son and a daughter of the living God. If you desire to invite Jesus into your heart in the quietness of that place, tell him, Lord Jesus, I believe. I believe that you died for me. I believe you were buried, and I believe you've risen. Please, Jesus, save my life. I'm weary and exhausted and heavy laden. I need rest. 
If that is truly your heart's prayer, the Bible declares you've passed from spiritual death to life. Welcome to the family. We rejoice in your gospel. We are not ashamed of it. As Romans 1.16 declares, Lord, it is the power of salvation to all who believe, and we experience the power of that salvation. So fill us fresh and anew with your spirit. Continue to do that work in us. Just as Philippians 1.6 declares that you who began this work, you'll bring it to completion. As Ephesians 3 declares that we would be filled with a knowledge of your love, the breadth, the width, the length, the depth of your love. That is, Ephesians 6 declares that we would stand together with our, with our heads covered in the helmet of salvation, the chestplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. May our feet be shod with the readiness of the gospel, the shield of faith to extinguish the fiery darts of the evil one and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. May we stand shoulder to shoulder ready for battle. But in humble surrender, bending our knee, declaring you are the Lord. Every knee will bow, every tongue confess that you are God. As Philippians 2 declares, we are your people set apart for your purposes. Use us. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. All right, family, let's stand together. This is beautiful. This is a beautiful thing, being apart. Thank you for being mission critical in my life. I'm a better man and husband and father and servant because of you. Now go into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Honor all men. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering and share the gospel. Love and serve the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all till we meet again, same time, same place next week. And do not forget, family, you are loved. Now pick up some of these, these invitations and take them to people. Let's take the love of God outside of these doors into this community. Amen? Amen. You are loved. Have a great week.